Hello to our loyal fan base. Thanks for tuning in for episode five of Crouch's Couch. Unfortunately, we are managerless for this episode because our uh, famous host, Madison Heck, is frolicking around Southeast Asia with his girlfriend, visiting the likes of Thailand and Hong Kong, and not really sure if he has internet out there, so uh, hopefully we'll check back on in him soon. But I'm here with uh, Jack Callahan. Jack? We're a ship without a captain this week. Who knows how uh, we'll fare, um, but you know what? I believe in SCSG, and I believe that we have what it takes to talk our unrequested opinions about world football. Yeah, now we're getting a little uh, unfiltered action. Uh, you know, we're both rogue cannons, so uh, we don't like to stick to the script, but we'll try our best. We're purely relied upon for our hot takes. <laughs> purely. This could get dangerous, but our loose agenda is uh, going to talk first about how City are the champions. Congrats to uh, the boys on the blue side of Manchester. Then we're going to get into what a wild, wild two weeks of Champs League football. I mean, what more could you ask for? Then we're going to jump. Mean, I, could, I could ask for a lot more, Chris. <laughs> save it, Jack. Save it. <laughs> Then we'll uh, look ahead to the semis, and then, of course, we've uh, we've renamed our 91st minute to the 46th minute, just because there's only two of us lads today talking. You know, little aside, but what do you uh, what do you think about calling our loyal listeners uh, Crouch Potatoes? <laughs> I love it. Crouch Potatoes is in. Let's stick with it. Perfect. All right, Crouch Potatoes, we're going to jump right into it. So... Jack, City or Champions, it was a rather kind of luck, lackluster way to win the Premier League, in my opinion. You know, I felt like a little disappointing when you're not all together, you're not playing a game, and you get three points to take the crown. But what are your thoughts on City winning it and kind of elaborate on that? Well, besides them running all Spurs fans like Madison out of the country, um, <laughs> I mean, I. I honestly don't know why we aren't more excited. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer when a team wins the league not actually playing on the field. But, I mean, if you look at this their year this year, they were historically great when it comes to scoring goals and also their, uh, just goal differential, their defense as well. And, I mean... On top of that, it was hard to hate them. They played really pretty soccer. Yeah, sure, they have the bankroll of an entire Middle Eastern uh, state behind them. But, uh, I mean, they played great soccer. It was hard to dislike. And I honestly don't know why um, why there hasn't been more fanfare surrounding it. Maybe people just got sick of that dominance. Yeah, I mean, they were they were very exciting to watch wherever they got put on the field but it was almost like kind of they had already wrapped things up what felt like by Christmas and so it was just a long time coming and that it kind of reminded me a little bit of when Leicester won the title they weren't all like they weren't on the field playing like they didn't get three points it was because Spurs lost to Chelsea but they were all together kind of in a room and like you got all those videos of live time reactions of it while I don't know I think Pep was out playing golf on Sunday when Manchester United put in an absolute shocking performance against West Brom. But, and I feel like 
kind of scattered around. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was scattered around. There wasn't that like live time of like you snap your fingers and you won the Premier League and everyone's super excited. So I think that might have caused it. But I mean, you want, what were your thoughts on West Brom this weekend? They were they were fantastic. They were great. Uh, before we shift gears, I just wanted to say that if um, if before the season I had told you that uh, one of the teams from Manchester was going to put together a, an historic season, one of the best Premier League seasons of all time, and win uh, the league based on the result of the other Manchester team, I feel like you would have been pretty excited for the outcome of the season. Yeah, completely agree. It was kind of 2012-esque in an odd way. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just how it goes. Uh, congrats to City. They played great all year. Yeah, they did. And completely congrats agree. Well my, learned. Congrats to my older brother, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, <laughs> made the family proud. Uh, Zivchenko. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't like to talk about him. <laughs> He's the ugly one. But yeah, Manchester United, not a good performance. I mean, they just looked bored almost out there. And West Brom put in a good shift. They were well organized and hit him a few times on the counter. And what a way to steal a goal from that uh, long-haired guy, Jay Rodriguez. Yeah, seriously. Um, now, man, you were awful. And... Uh, yeah. I mean, did you do you see that Mourinho's already making excuses for next season? <laughs> classic, classic Mourinho. He was he was like, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll be better, but uh, I mean, maybe City will increase the gap. Who knows? It's hard to compete against that. It's like, dude, you you're you're one of the only teams who can spend as much as City. <laughs> completely agree. You have Paul Pogba, though. There were also rumors this weekend that uh, that Mourinho has said he's going to allow four big-name players to leave this summer. Yeah, I did see that. I mean, that'll be his transfer policies will be very interesting. Can't wait to see how teams spend after a World Cup year. Yeah, because everyone knows what Manchester United needs is more gritty defensive midfielders who can clog the box naturally all right well switching gears from the premier league uh jumping into the champs league wow just what an absolute couple of nights of midweek football i mean that is just what you live for those european nights under the lights are what you dream about as a boy and all four of those ties absolutely delivered First, we have City-Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool, of course, gets out to that hot 3-0 lead and then go away to uh, or go away to the Etihad, and Gabriel Jesus strikes on the second minute, and everyone's sitting back holding their breath going, uh-oh, we're in for a ride. Put on that seatbelt, Jack. What are your thoughts about that? What were you thinking a minute and a half into the game when uh, City got one back? So uh, I was at my day job at the time and watching on my side screen and Gabriel Jesus scored. And immediately I was like, that's it. (laughs) Quicken. Here comes the just avalanche of goals. And then I mean, Liverpool 
has played like they've been playing these past few months. They're so hot right now. They're so good. It's uh I mean they're I just I think they're playing the best soccer of any team in the Are they the so are they the hottest team in Europe? Absolutely, they're the hottest team in Europe right now. I mean, Mosala is scoring at rates that you previously reserved for the likes of Messi, Neymar, and Ronaldo, and he's making it look easy. It, and then on top of that, you have uh, you have attacking players like uh, like Bobby and uh, and Mane, so who just yeah, they do Mane. all the dirty work. They have no issue putting their heads down, chasing down balls, making tackles, and just sprinting and running their hearts out. And, I mean, Liverpool look good. I completely agree. They definitely do the running. Also, Klopp had them very well organized, aside from that second-minute goal. They defended pretty well. And I want to give a big shout-out to Alexander-Arnold on the right side. Wow, what a shift over two legs that he put in on Leroy Sané. That dude had a Leroy in his pocket. I think that might be the first time Alexander-Arnold has ever been shouted out and praised on a podcast. But um, <laughs> no, he put he put in a great turn. Uh, he really neutralized Sané, who's been so threatening all year. And, I mean, looking at who Liverpool have uh, slotted to come in next year, uh, mainly Navy Keita, they could be really good. Yeah, they could be. I mean, sure up that midfield, especially with the departure of Emery Chan going to Juventus. I think Keita's a very good signing in that Liverpool could be even more potent than they are this year. Yeah, and with Virgil van Dijk shoring up that back line, it immediately takes away some of their glaring weaknesses from earlier this year. Completely agree. Fun things uh, ahead for Liverpool. Looking forward to them in the semis we can talk about that next segment but moving on to madrid juventus i mean what a 90 minutes that was similar similar start to city liverpool where juve's down 3-0 and then i think max allegri's game plan was literally just how many balls can we put in the box they were just dumping balls in left and right and eventually a couple minutes in mario mandzukic gets his head on one pulls a goal back, and then you're just thinking, fasten up the seatbelt again. We got a game yep. on our hands. And Here then everyone's, Juve's flying around, even without Dybala. They're playing, they're going forward, they're getting after it at the Bernabeu. Madrid looked a little shell-shocked. And oh, totally. Jack, what do, we, what do we think? Madrid had quite a few chances that were smothered by last-second flying tackles and great saves by... Uh, Fun, but um, Juve came to play. This was the final I think everyone hoped for last year and thought we were getting when Mandzukic just popped that bike. Oh, but uh, yeah, that was nice. Just a saucy bike. But I mean, wow, Juve came to play, and the passion on display by the Juventus players and pretty much all Italians after that controversial <laughs> ending is just unbelievable. Did you see that, like, Italian citizens are, uh, <laughs> like, they're assaulting Michael Oliver on Twitter and his wife, <laughs> which is not cool. But, like, the 
entire country's citizens are after him, which is ridiculous because Juve, I can't understand how if you're not a Juve fan in Italy, you can like that team. Yeah, seriously. But, Jack, 93rd minute, I mean, Ronaldo crosses the ball into the box. It's tied 3-3. to We're probably getting some free soccer. Juve looks like they're going to sit in probably and, you know, try and get to PKs. Madrid look a little dangerous. A ball gets clipped in. Benacia comes over. Lucas Vasquez is kind of falling over already. Benacia gives him a little nudge in the back and then kind of kicks pretty high up his chest. And then Michael Oliver has the stones to point to the spot, and then Juve lose their minds. Yeah, I thought Chiellini was going to eat Michael Oliver. His, uh, he, he looked so angry. And, I mean, that's kind of his... Or, sorry, Buffon. Did I say yeah, Buffon? Buffon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of his shtick, like, just overwhelming passion in the face of everything. But... I have never seen him heated like that. And, I mean, you got to love the passion, but that was totally a PK. Yeah, I mean, as I do love Juve, but objectively, you push somebody in the back and you kick him near the chest, you, you do kind of get the ball. That's a PK pretty much 9 out of 10 times. And then also there's been a big crackdown on respecting the referee and not touching him or pushing him. And Buffon deserved kinda, to be sent off for that reaction. Yeah, so I tend to agree with Michael Oliver. I don't really – the backlash to him doesn't make any sense. I think he made two big decisions in very big moments that were both 100% accurate. So I can't – I don't really see why people are upset or the backlash. Yeah, I understand the circumstances, but he did everything correctly. Jack, what do you think about that? Well, to be fair, these are Italian fans, the same fans who bring flares into games consistently. <laughs> Um, I don't know if rational thought is really, uh, like at the forefront, it's a more rabid devotion to your team. Um, I mean, yeah, it sucks. Uh, but I mean, upon further reading the, it seems that the main argument coming from the Juventus fans and camp is that. Michael Oliver ruined the storyline of a great comeback. The argument doesn't seem to be that it wasn't a PK. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just don't think that it really has that much that many merits. But great scenes, great photos, uh, really, like, incredible atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely wild, wild scenes at the Bernabeu. All right, let's uh, jump to Bayern Sevilla. Well, I thought rather lackluster game i don't think byron even scored a goal themselves jack thoughts uh i'm not sure they did either um sevilla had some chances i only caught highlights of this game because the other three were so interesting and this one was kind of a snooze fest um but i mean byron are through again uh we'll see if they can do it um that i don't think byron have really been challenged this year um, either domestically or in Champions League. So it'll be interesting to see how they play against Madrid. Um, but I think Madrid have to be the favorites in that game just because Bayern have really not shown much so far this year. They came out of their group second to Paris, somehow avoided 
somehow got the better draw in second place in their group. Seriously. And then have kind of skated from there. They have coasted in the league and also their domestic trophy. And then now the semis are finally where uh, things start to get a little interesting. But moving on to Barca-Roma. I mean, Roma down three goals going back from Camp Nou. And it feels like they're just out. Call Barcelona through. Put all your money on them. No questions asked. And all of a sudden, the 80th minute, Roma have risen from ruins. Jack, how bad does that hurt? I mean, I I don't even know how to talk about it. I am just now, a week later, starting to feel a little more like myself, but there's been a gaping hole in my chest for an entire week. Barca just didn't look like they came to play, and Roma definitely did. Uh De Rossi is just an animal, and Edin Dzeko seems to still just score. I don't know if that dude ages. He's been around for years. Uh, Barca got, Valverde for Barca got all his decisions wrong. Um, he came out looking to play too conservative uh, late, late in the game when it was uh, 2-0, uh, 4-3. Yeah on aggregate yeah. right um he uh subbed Iniesta out for andre gomez looking to shore up the defense and then roma scored their third goal literally 20 seconds later yeah and without Iniesta on the field barca really didn't have the guns going forward um i don't know it just it was brutal i will say though as much as it pains me uh Scroll back the podcast tape. Biggest Champs League upset that you could see possibly happening in this next round. I have to say Roma. They've been in great form recently. And Whoa! They, uh, they've won their last four. They beat Napoli, who look incredibly dynamic. And I hope it doesn't happen. I think Barca are better. But I would be on upset alert if I was at Camp Nou right now. So I guess I spoke this game into existence. Yeah, seriously. I thought the little Argentinian magician was lackluster across two legs. He kind of disappointed me. He didn't have his normal flair that we've been so accustomed to seeing. Yeah, he's coming off an injury. That's why he was uh, sidelined when Argentina got smacked by Spain. But I agree. Um Barcelona have become, and I can't blame them, but uh, very reliant on Messi for offense this year um, without the likes of Neymar and with Suarez's form kind of up and down all year. Uh, And, I mean, it's worked to this point, but when you're so one-dimensional, I guess it's a little hard when that one player as good as he is, isn't really living up to it. Yeah, agreed. Also, I want to talk about Jacko. His number nine play, that hold-up play, he was bullying Barcelona's back line. He played absolutely brilliantly. I mean, the man scored 50 goals in the Bundesliga, 50 in England, and then now 50 in Italy. So the dude scores goals wherever he goes, and he put in a shift over 180 minutes. 
Yeah, he was incredible. Um, he, it seems like he's been around forever, but he's just got such a great game. He's hold. He's just like a prototypical number nine. Also, he's bigger than Barca's entire back line. <laughs> yeah. I think only Umtiti is strong enough to hold him right. up. Um, in the first leg when Barca let that, for, that uh, what turned out to be a fateful goal in late in the game, it was because uh, Jordi Alba was marking Jekko, and Jekko was like, I'm twice your size. Seriously. Yeah. Um, Good display from Jekko. But yeah, he's he's great. Um I'm probably pulling for Roma over Liverpool. I really don't like any of the teams left in, and I don't mind Roma. They're a fun upstart. Also, uh, you got to cheer for the team your team loses to. That way you lost to a champion. (laughs) Yeah, looking ahead to the semis, I have to say, as we all know, I'm not the biggest Barcelona fan, but wow, do I love me a good El Clasico. And unfortunately... We can't see one of those in the Champs League this year, so that is a little disappointing for yeah, me. Yeah, that would have been great. But Liverpool, it's yeah. been a few years since we've had Champs League Classico. We're due for one. Yeah, we really are. Those are just thrilling. Oh, my God. Just back and forth. Guaranteed Sergio Ramos has at least a card and gets in PK's face just at least eight times. Pure chaos. And uh, apparently the Barca and Madrid players have had a group chat all year. Where, um, where until this past weekend, PK set it up, and it's just all the Spanish players from both teams, and he's just been trolling them in the group <laughs> chat the entire time. Naturally. Yeah, there's a great Players' Tribune article that he wrote on it where he details it and basically says that every time Madrid tire lost this year, he would send just like needling texts into it. <laughs> um, Classic PK. But yeah, we won't get any of that rivalry this year, though we will get... Bayern Madrid, which I believe they're the two team. They've played the most games between two teams that aren't in the same country in Europe. It has felt like they've played a lot recently, and I mean, we remember last year there was tons of controversy at the Bernabeu when Arturo Vidal got sent off for a second yellow. That was appears to be a phantom yellow and i think there was an offside goal or two for ronaldo and that absolute chaos ensued again at the bernabeo just like we saw against juventus last week so i mean that's definitely gonna provide some some sparks and some hopefully bad blood that we can uh look forward to next week yeah i i hate to say it but madrid they've got the champions league down I mean, I don't, their game right now is so, um, it's so reliant on Ronaldo to produce some moments of brilliance. And it's hard to rely on that week after week in a domestic league when he's what, 32 now. Yeah. Um, but in the champions league, when you only need it for one game or two games, the, the dude's a sure thing. He's almost, I, I would be willing to bet that he gets at least a goal in both games. It's probably a pretty safe bet. That'll be a fun tie to watch next week. But Liverpool-Roma, it almost seems like, I would have said before Roma comeback, Liverpool almost would have seemed like a lock to get to the final. But after watching Roma's display, 
in Rome. I'm a little hesitant to say that now. I think this is a really interesting matchup. Liverpool are so hot, and I think they'll definitely be favored. I haven't looked at the line. But, um, I mean, Roma have the passion. Like, did you see Totti yelling after they beat Barca? So great. Like, just that image, I was like, oh, shit, they could beat anyone. Gives you chills. Yeah. Also, they have a fantastic keeper. And if you can keep the other team from scoring, like, you give yourself a chance. Right. We'll see how uh, he fares against the New Age Pharaoh, Mosulah. But... <laughs> the Egyptian king. God, he's so good. Yeah, he really is. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump to the 46-minute recent, or uh, only temporarily named the 46-minute for now until we get our uh, manager back, Madison Heck. But, Jack, one-word reaction to Joey Barton. God, I miss him in the prem. Being named manager of Fleetwood Town. So we willed this into existence, right, with our podcast two weeks ago? 100%. I'm going to give two words. Can't wait. <laughs> I will be watching some Fleetwood Town next year. Are they moving up or are they in the championship? Haven't done my research, but uh, we can get our producer Yosh on that to give us a fun topic next week for a minute or two. I have not either, but wherever they are, I'm going to be finding a stream of it. I want to see Joey Barton just getting furiously angry with the ref from the sideline. Just like throwing a cup of water. It'll be great. Yeah, my one word is going to be red, as in the color of card he's going to be shown a variety of times in his first season as manager. <laughs> okay, what what do you think the over-under is on how many times he gets kicked out of a game? I'd probably say half a dozen. Let's put it at five. Do you take the over or the under on that? Going in- over six. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna take the over. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'll take the over too. That's like yeah. Kevin Durant level ejections. <laughs> Seriously. All right, moving on to uh, Peter Crouch. Always love to bring him up, and uh, I have to put my hand up for last week. I had an air where I said I players I missed in the prem, and I said it was Peter Crouch, and then completely forgot he's still in the prem. He makes cameos in the last ten minutes of of games every once in a while for Stoke. And he had a nice goal to uh, to uh, lift the spirits of Stoke who were fighting in a relegation battle. And uh, it was a nice goal, but unfortunately they got pegged back. But I think Peter Crouch's highlight of the weekend was his tweet about uh, Man City winning the league. Jack, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, Peter Crouch tweeted congratulating Man City on winning the league. And uh, to that tweet, there was a response that, here, let me pull it up, from one, there was a response from one, Alan McGregs, top man, I promise to stop wanking over your wife now, Pete. Now, for those of you don't who don't know, Peter Crouch has a notoriously attractive wife. And, you know, that's typical Twitter fare, but Peter Crouch actually responds to it and says, that would be great. Thanks, mate. <laughs> the calm and coolness that defined and has defined his years as a player makes it to social media. Peter Crouch is the social media icon we need in 2018. He's the best. So calm, cool, and 
blase about it. I love it. So, Jack, the 100-point barrier has never been broken in the Premier League. Can City accomplish that task? I think it would take five wins in their next five games. Is it doable? Absolutely. What else do they have to play for this year? It's pretty fair. They, they're out of they're out of the FA Cup. They're out of the champs. I mean, just focus on breaking the barrier because otherwise, as we talked about earlier with the lackluster reaction to the league win, league will be or this team might be forgotten, as ridiculous as that sounds. I mean, this this is what they gotta play for. I think they'll do it. There, just because I'm a pep hater, I say I hope not. But moving on to next year, get a little look ahead. Can City repeat as title holders? They definitely can. Um, if they somehow snag a Killian Mbappe or some other superstar, which Whoa. is very likely. Um, Mbappe is a big I name. Think that Mbappe is a big name. Uh, Benjamin Mendy over the weekend. Uh, City outside back who hasn't played most of the year, so he'll almost be like a new player next year. Um, tweeted at Kylian Mbappe, imp- basically implying that he wanted him to come to the team next year, which, I mean, who wouldn't want Kylian Mbappe on their team? But giving City's financial resources, I think it's possible. Especially after what uh, Abu Dhabi's neighbor Qatar did last year to snag Neymar for PSG. Seriously. The Gulf states don't play around. Yeah, they mean business with their uh, oil money. But I think City, of course, can win it. Pep's got a well, well-oiled machine over there. But I'd love to see Liverpool sneak in there and make a little title push. I think I like it. I think soccer and the Premier League in England are better when Liverpool are good. Yeah. I don't know. There were some pretty good years at the beginning of Liverpool's kind of decline um, when Chelsea was kind of ascendant and the kind of twilight of Fergie's career that were pretty great. But I agree in recent years without Liverpool being a constant threat at the top, um, I think the league suffered. And I also think that Liverpool have the best chance to win the league besides City. Without a doubt. Also because they've proven they can beat him consistently. Right. Like that's six points if you beat him twice. Klopp is perhaps kryptonite. But a 12-point swing. Yeah, seriously, that's that's a lot of points to pick up. But Crouch's Potatoes, thanks for tuning in to our fifth episode of Crouch's Couch. Uh, apparently, we did get through it, even though we went on a tangent or two, Jack and I made it to the end of our fifth episode uh even needs a manager a captain without a ship we were managerless but we got through it hopefully our uh they don't need to bring in big sam or sean deitch to write this ship (laughs) yeah but uh our uh our maestro and orchestrator will be back next week thanks crash potatoes cheers (laughs) 